Stay tuned now for Pomo Perspective with Tribal Chairman Michael Hunter. Good morning, everybody. Today I'm excited. My uh, Native American brother got him here today. We have Sonny Elliott, my cousin from the Hopland Band of Pomo Indians. We both graduated uh, in 2000, fall of 2019, right, Sonny? Yes. Is that me beeping? No. I think that, okay. Yeah, we both, <laughs> fall of 2019, and uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we were just able to enjoy our ceremonies and do our walk at Sonoma State University yesterday. And today is our promo perspective, so we thought we'd share a little bit of our story. Sonny, what was the vibe you had yesterday? I would say it was more um, relief. Um, just kind of glad that we finally made it. It was a, it was a long journey. It was a hard journey at times, uh, especially when the homework caught up on us. <clears throat> but yesterday was just like a, a really good cap to everything. And uh, I think the staff at Sonoma State, the way they had set it up, made each one of us feel, well, at least I did, I felt like I was really special. You know, they really gave us that uh, that respect as we walked out and walked across the stage. They did a great job of I, making I, you feel like they did. It was real, right? Uh -huh. <clears throat> you know, when I uh, when we first graduated in the fall uh, 2019, I remind you guys, we were. It, it felt like you finished, but then, and the fact that we weren't doing the ceremonies, I was, I was bummed. But it, it didn't make me feel like I didn't complete it. But then yesterday or uh, Saturday and walking and and uh, just being a part of it, especially with my brother here, we had, a, we had a long journey together and it felt real. I felt like it was that ceremony that actually made me feel like I actually accomplished something great. Gave me a new, a new confidence. You know, when uh, Sonny and I both were raised on reservations and our reservations back then didn't have paved roads you know we were running off well waters we used outhouses we had minimal housing until later on in our lives but I was hoping Sonny maybe you could share a little bit about your struggle just before you even get to college well I could say that my uh, my parents um, who I'd like to name at this time, uh, Orville Elliott Sr. and Patricia Downs uh, were my parents. And my mom was from Gideville, and my dad's from Hopland, and my dad's parents are from Hopland, and my mom's parents are from Gideville and Covalo. So anyway, back then, I mean, there was a whole different generation in the way they communicated. <clears throat> so they didn't really... Um, put much emphasis on education. Um, they didn't really elaborate on their comments. And um, what I mean by that is like when I got a little older, my dad told me <clears throat> best thing you could do is go to the service. And that was it, you know? And I was standing there thinking to myself, well, why? Why is that the best thing I could do? You know, and, and not till later on, I, I realized it was the best thing I could have done. But he didn't elaborate on the um, 
the facts that, you know, I could go around the world by being in the service and um, I'd go places I'd never go if I didn't go. And, and, I, and it's true. I never did get to go anywhere, um, really. So Right. He thought it was just his whole point was to get you <clears throat> off the reservation. Um, I don't know if that was it or not. It was just, you know. What do you think it was? It was just uh, probably, I think he said they'd, they'd make a man out of me. Ah. You know, you'd, you'd grow up in there, but see, they didn't really even tell me that much. And that's why today I really, really try to elaborate to these youngsters about the uh, benefits of going to the service. You know, like if you go to the Navy, uh, you'll go to every major seaport in the world, you know, and they don't really realize that unless you really explain it to them and show it to them. Um, I took one of my sons to uh, the recruiting office one day and, and they got him so pumped up. He was ready to go, but he didn't have his diploma. And then, uh, anyway, just it didn't work out. And, and I myself was set to go to the Marines day after high school uh, from Sherman. I graduated from Sherman in 1982, and I was set to go the next day. And I said to myself, uh, I think I'll just go back to the res for a minute. And I never did leave, you know. So I, I really try to point that out to these youngsters who are graduating high school. Don't wait. Do not wait, you know. Um, the, the res will be there. We'll be here in four years when you get get out, you know. And you'll get out with a whole different attitude, you know. And that, that was probably the one thing I regret in my life was not going, you know. And, you know, my life is what it was. I don't blame nobody for nothing. But <clears throat> um, sometimes I wonder if it would have been different if my dad would have pushed me a little more. You know what I mean? Right. You know that self-reflection you have at that, as you get older, you start to realize the things that uh, people were telling you were actually pretty good deals, you know? And, um, you know, the one thing I love about Sonny is uh, we both come from hard lives and the things you have to overcome to be, uh, to get educated, to be honest, you know, to finish college, you know, we did it while you know, we did it while we're working. We did it on night school. We went to nights, weekends, and summer school, all while trying to be tribal leaders, trying to be community leaders, and trying to be parents, and trying to lead by example. And uh, I think you did a wonderful job, Sonny. Back at you. Thank you, know, you brother. I thank you for uh, encouraging me along the way, you know, and uh, inspiring me and, and just uh, supporting me. Yeah, we supported each other. We both knew that we were unique. And uh, when you're the only two at that, at many of the semesters we were in together, uh, the only two, I, I say the only two um, citizens of two different nations, me being Coyote Valley and the United States and Sonny being Hoplin and the United States. And uh, it's unique. It's a unique feeling. It's unique and uh, you're sometimes you become embarrassed because it's so unique. And over the years, you become confident because you're unique. And that evolving, did you feel like that? Did you feel like you were becoming more confident? You've always felt very, very confident in your skin. Did you get more confident over time? Um, <clears throat> I guess you could say it was a little confidence. Uh, 
I just got more uh, more sure. You know what I mean? As, as each semester ticked away, and we got closer and closer, and you know, to the point where it's like next semester we're going to graduate. You know, and then uh, coming down to that last class, you know, it was like, okay, this is this is it now. You right. Know, we made it. Um, when we first started, it was like we knew what we wanted to do, or I did. I just wasn't a hundred percent sure that it was going to happen until it happened. <laughs> right. You know? And then, like you said, like yesterday or Saturday was just like the cap of it all. Oh. <clears throat> and it was uh, it was so good to have our family there um, supporting us all the way. Uh, those were definitely my core supporters right there. That was with me. Um, and I'd like to just give a special shout out to my wife, yes, um, Diana Billy Elliott, <clears throat> for just supporting me every step of the way, every step of the way. I think she was uh, more happier than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she she as happy as you for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. She, you know, dies another wonderful story. We need to bring her on this station and let her tell her stories. Well, she has her masters. Yeah. What a stud. Right? We're still catching up to die. She's our, she's one of our leaders, you know. And also uh, my girlfriend, Stephanie. And uh, those two were our foundation because, you know, we, we, we needed that support. We needed that help. We never did the college before. And they graduated, so they knew the syllabus. They knew how to, you know, the, the steps you have to take to be successful and finish. And uh, if it wasn't for them, I think we... I think we would have made it through, but God, it would have been a lot, lot harder than it was already. Yeah, because <clears throat> you know, me and Diana, we started school at the same time in Mendocino, 2010. <clears throat> and uh, after I finished, uh, I got an AA in, in natural science, and then I started taking a couple of uh, transfer classes. And she all she went on to Humboldt, and so she just went straight through and graduated in 18, I think, uh, with her master's in social work. And I kind of just kept kept in step, you know what I mean? Kept my vision going. And then finally, Snow State offered that one class up here, which made it even better. We had to go to San Rosa every other night. And uh, like you said, you know, she, she had gone through it, so she knew what what they were asking for when they asked for um, right. different she ways had to do it. Down. Yeah. yeah, she had it down. And we were, we were lucky because, you know, a lot of other uh, – um, students grow up with with mentors you know and uh, our mentors uh, were our loved ones and having your loved ones try to keep you on track is it's not always easy on the relationships from my end you know but uh, we did it we made it and we graduated <clears throat> yeah I'd like to uh, point out that I was uh, 48 years old when I sure, went back to you when I went back to school um, in 2010. And so I was never the oldest one in the class, but I was always the second or third oldest. And, uh, but all the all the kids, you know what I mean? I mean, they're young adults. Uh, they gave me a lot of respect and they also gave me a lot of support, you know? And so it, it felt good. And uh, when we graduated um, Saturday, I was 58. You know, so my journey was a 10-year journey. And, uh, and I always remember, I like to just quote this little saying I heard one time. Um, 
when I was in the beginning, right? Uh, I read it somewhere. These guys were talking, and and one of them was trying to talk the other one into going to school. And uh, this guy said, uh, in four years, you know, you have your your degree. And the other said, four years? Heck, I'll be 32 years old. And so this guy looked at it and said, okay, so if you don't go to school, how old will you be in four years? You know, and so right. that kind of stuck with me right there, you know. So it's like either way, you know, these four years are going to go by. So you might as well make the best of it. And, you know, and I just say that to these, these youngsters out there because I hear a lot of them 24, 25 years old. I think they're too old to go back to school. And I was twice that age. Right. And I went back and, and I did it. So, you know, I, I just... I hope that I'm an inspiration to them, um, an example. You know, I try to try to be that. You know, so they will go back anytime. I've even had some of our bros my age. That I'm going back. You know, and and they've gone back. You know, uh, my bro Motsi. Um, right, Motsi's uh, gone back. Yeah, I, I seen him one day, and he was like, "Man, brother, I want to do that." You know, and I was like, "You can." You know, and. and Right, most uh, is uh, your age. Yeah, right? exactly. And a couple years later, he had his degree in uh, auto mechanics, you know, and, and it really helped him out. But it, it really made me feel good that um, I gave him that little inspiration, you know, and, and he did all the work. But it was it was a good feeling. You know, yeah, just, it's an amazing feeling, you know. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, uh, you know, in, in India, we're only 3% of the population, and... Sonny and I are so close to our roots and our people and our homes, and we 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 live am, am, amongst each other. That's our family, and we know that going to school and completing is leading by example. Like we know, we don't do it and then find out later. We're doing it at this age because we want to set that example, not only for our families and and our communities, but even ourselves. You know, even each other. We both look at each other and say we're completing this together. We knew each other. We're gonna. We knew we we're gonna complete together. We we're gonna walk on that stage together. We we're gonna do this together, and the journey that we had together was just. It's a unique journey. It's the. It's the only journey I. Uh, that I've had with one Native American, like that. It's just a, such a unique journey that I got to do it with my brother here, and there was only two of us. It's a trip. It's a trip, but it was so worth it. What was your experience at Sonoma State? What was my experience? Yeah, how did you feel? Um, I felt really, um, I guess the word is chuffed. Um, what is that? Chuffed. Chuffed. Uh, what does that even mean? That means proud of oneself. All right. You know, um, so I felt pretty chuffed when I would go down to Sonoma State University and and uh, know that I was a part of it. You know, I'm like, yeah. I'm a, I'm a sea wolf. Right. You know? Right. And, uh, people ask me, "What's a sea wolf?" And I said, "I'm one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ask, I don't know, but we're one of them. Huh? Yeah, <clears throat> that's and, great. Uh, you know, and, and like I was saying, my my journey started uh, at Mendo, mm -hmm. and um, I just want to give a, uh, another shout out to a few people that were really big in my uh, beginning of my journey. And uh, the organization is Pinoleville Boke Rehab. Um, they they had an amazing team when I first went there, and uh, they support people with uh, disabilities. Um, 
and other issues uh, to, to help them either obtain vocational trade or education. And so when I went there, uh, I was recommended by somebody, and uh, the director was Vaughn Pena. Mm -hmm. um, there was Dino Franklin, um, Natalie Shepard, Mike Shepard, and Trilby Kerrigan. And they they were amazing, you know. And I think I can honestly say if it wasn't for their support when I first started out, I might have not stayed on track. Hmm. But uh, they helped me out a lot. You know, their, their uh, organization paid for all of my books all the way, all the way till we graduated from Sonoma. You know, and all I had to do was keep producing my grades, letting them know that I was on track. <clears throat> but uh, I just want to say they played a big part in my success and just want to thank them for that. Yeah. Um, we say O oh, when we're, that's our thankful. So, you know, big O oh to those yeah, brothers and oh. sisters that helped you. But uh, my, I guess my overall feeling is just, uh, like, I don't know, self-satisfaction, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just feel good that, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Um, we can say we did it now. Yeah. You know. Finally, but yeah. we did it, right. <clears throat> and uh, and I wasn't really telling a lot of people I was going to do it, you know, just kind of breezed right through it. Yeah, we were... Uh we had a, a party yesterday, and uh, one of the gentlemen says, wow, you guys snuck through that education scene, huh? You guys got your degrees. We didn't even know you guys were doing that. We thought that was, <laughs> I thought that was funny. I was like, yeah, we kind of did do that, you know? And maybe we should have been sharing a little bit more of our journey, but, you know, like, uh, for me, I was somewhat embarrassed. I'm, you know, a tribal chairman. I'm supposed to know all these things already, supposedly, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I created that own story up in my head. I'm not sure. But the first time I went back to uh, Mendocino College, I uh, I was in math. And I remember sitting in back of the class. And I was, in a, I was in the beginner's math because I had to start over. Like, you can't just go back to college 27 years later and then think you could just pick up where you started off. No way. So I started over in math again, and I remember going, please do not have a cousin in here because the teacher <laughs> <laughs> the teacher is uh, you know, going roll call. And I was like, please don't have a cousin in here. And I had two, and they both snapped their necks and looked at me, and I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. 27, 28 years later, I'm in their class even. But you know what? Those cousins, they were so proud of me. They thought it was cool that their chairman was going to college with them. And that made me feel good. It took about a year for me to realize that. But over time, I was like, wow, these guys actually dig this. I dig it. I had fun. How did you feel when you went back a little bit older into Mendocino College? <clears throat> I felt slightly, uh, I don't know, say intimidated. Mm. Um, kind of hesitant to walk into a couple classes uh and but i also uh, had to start at the uh, low math you know and it, and what what was uh i don't know weird about that is that i'm a water treatment operator so i know 
I know how to tell you how many gallons are in a three mile pipe, 10 inches in diameter, you know, figure all that math out. And here I forgot how to do my fractions and, and decimals. <laughs> right. And so I tested like really low and, and they wanted, they said, well, you could do the test again. And I was like, no, you know what? I think I'll start at the bottom and just refresh myself all the way through it. And, uh, so I thought it was okay. You yeah. know, I just, I just did it, you know, and after a while I caught back on, you know, um, we must have missed each other at Mendocino College somehow. And we both, did we both start the exact same time at Sonoma State? Yes. Right. I remember walking into the classroom and I'm nervous still. And uh, I look over and I see Sonny and he's looking at me. We're both smiling. I said, all right, I'm going to go sit by this guy over here, you know, and we knew each other. And uh, my, that's my daughter's, uh, Michaela's uncle. Uh, but we weren't raised together. And in those few years that we were together, we became like brothers. And we've actually, we, we, would, we would be in some classes and we would just debate amongst each other on the teacher's debate with the other students, just our own little private conversation because our perspective was so unique on the topics that nobody else could relate to what our thoughts were. And uh, so we would keep them to ourselves and we had some good stories and we would just sit there and laugh and have a good time. And I think people really liked our vibe because we participated as much as we could, but they always knew like, those two right there are holding back something. They're just holding back something. And I remember this time uh, we were in Native American studies and uh, <laughs> Sonny's like, you tell it, tell your story. I like this story. The, Which one? Tell, tell the, one of the first things we learned was what non-Indians thought about us Indians. Remember, there's only two of us in there. <laughs> so it was our first class and it was almost like the first question the teacher asked. Oh. Um, so she's like, what are some of the stereotypes that you've heard about Native Americans and where did you learn those? And so, mind you, all these kids are in there, 20, 22 years old and all that. And they started shooting their hands up and they fill that chalkboard up with <laughs> so much stuff, you know, and, uh. And at first, though, I asked the teacher, I, I, I raised my hand right away. I said, well, so what uh, What Native Americans are you talking about? I said, because, you know, they're different all across the United States. Right? He said, oh, well, you know, hold that question, hold that question, you know. And so anyway, then they, we did went on with the next part of it, and they, these kids, they came up with everything that you could think of, you know what I mean? And then when the teacher asked me what I thought about it, I told her, I said, well, you know what? I said, I, I grew up hearing all this. I grew up being called some of this. <clears throat> I said, that was 50 years ago. You know what I mean? 50 years ago. I said, and it just really, I don't know if it amazes me or surprises me, or it's just odd that this generation would know that. You know, they're so quick to like, you know, this, 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 you know, and, and it was like mostly negative stuff. It was a hundred percent negative. Yeah, it was a hundred percent negative, and and I just you know I I didn't think that this these would come from this this generation you know because I grew up with like I said and more and more you know right my my perspective was if if you didn't know what uh, the negative stereotypes were about Native Americans you did now 
because the teacher had every student write what they heard over the last 20, 30 years of their lives and put it up on a board so people could take notes. Can you imagine? This took me back, Sonny, when I was, when I was in high school. One of the teachers, these are good teachers, they're not bad people. One of the uh, teachers, um, we would t talk about media and, or the news that day. And it had these Native Americans out in the Midwest somewhere. I'm just a Pomo Indian in Northern California in Ukiah, right? I do not know what these people are doing out there in the Midwest at that time. I do now. But at that time, I didn't know. And the teacher says, Michael, would you like to talk about this topic? And I said, no. And he says, but this is, this is your people, man. You should know this. And I was like, uh, they don't even look like me or my people, but they are brown and they kind of, they have feathers. I see the pictures you're using. Huh. And I started to think like, wow, am I supposed to know these? And I started to challenge myself. I need to know more about these Indians. What I realized was they weren't teaching about the Native Americans in their own state, let alone their own counties. And, and uh, so when we went to Mendocino College and, and uh, went through this whole scenario again, what do you think about Native Americans? Can you imagine how I was humiliated? I was humiliated. I was like, damn, like if, uh, if there was younger Native Americans in here, that, that might break them to know that all these students here know about these stereotypes that don't really don't exist as much as they think they do anymore. And that could break students, but the ignorance. And uh, that, really, that really shook me for a while there. And I remember Sonny speaking up a little bit and I'd nudge him, come on, man, let's just get our easy A. Let's just do our Native American Studies easy A, you know? But uh, that was one that, that I knew rubbed you wrong for a, for a while. It did, uh, but you know what? Uh, I pointed out to the class. I don't know if he was in there or not at that time. Um, I said these things don't hold true anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, one of the the biggest ones that we've heard all our lives. You know, all Native Americans are, are alcoholics. You know what I mean? Drunks and all that. <clears throat> I said because um, me and Michael have proved it different now. Right? We're we're not that you know what i mean um i said so you can't say all anymore you could say some i said but when you say some you could say that about any race any race that that uh pertains to now you know what i mean so we've kind of uh did our best to to break that mold yeah and, and change the, those stereotypes about native americans right we knew we knew we were the teachers in that class when it comes to Native Americans. We really did. And we may not have known at the beginning, but by our third and fourth semester, if not our second, we, we knew that we were gonna have to straighten some things out. Um, because uh, I really don't know what it is about our education system when it comes to Native Americans. And I don't know if it's just, you know, Mendocino County. I don't know if it's just uh, Sonoma. I don't know if it's our situation or if it's a California situation. But uh, I was really excited to, to take these uh, Native American Studies classes because I knew uh, there was a Native American professor actually, and it was his program, it was his curriculum, and 
to find out that it was so generic and so uh, surface conversations and that I had to sit there for three and a half hours and read romantic books about tribes that weren't even from my area. And I found out that and I said, I said, do you know how many Pomo tribes you have in these three counties? Do you even know any of the tribes in this area? And it turns out, no. And they weren't teaching them. They weren't sharing it. So I created this website called visitcaliforniatribes.com. And in that website, it'll show all the tribes that are in your area. As a matter of fact, it shows all their amenities, everything they offer. And uh, it was because of that. So the inspiration I started to get from college wasn't necessarily what was being taught to me, but what wasn't being taught. So I started to search out what I needed to find that's not being taught so I could actually start sharing it. Because these future students, they're going to be teachers, so you know, um, psychologists, you know, psych, psych, and then uh, social workers and those kind of things. And uh, I wanted to make sure that they understood what was really happening to Indian country in the back of in their you know their backyards. Did you did you ever feel like you needed to speak up for Pomo country, or was it more just yourself? No, I definitely felt like I had to speak up for our people here um, locally. Because like I said, they have no idea. Um, and it's really ironic that some of them um, didn't even think there were any Indians left because all they grew up on was what they seen on TV. You know, so if you, if you weren't wearing feathers, you weren't native. You know, you weren't Indian. Um, you know, and all that's different nowadays. You know what I mean? And uh, there were so many examples and things that... Um, you know, I had a chance to share with them, and I was really glad. Uh, and and one of them, and and I've I've shared this with many many youngsters, uh, and and the bros of my ages. This little saying that I came up with is that you know it's it's, it's time to stop clowning ourselves, hmm. you know. And and what I mean by that is, with the generations, uh, natives have. Um, accepted the criticism and the uh, jokes and all that stuff and, and actually laugh at it too. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you know, you see a beat up old car. Oh, that's a res car. It's a res this, res that. And when they say that, they're always referring to something that's so beat up and mm. negative, you know, and I was like, it's, it's time to stop all that, you know what I mean? Uh, we're better than that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we come from really strong people, you know, because, and, and I'm going to mention this too, because one of the big debates that I had with this teacher was, uh, was behind um, genocide. Um, slavery and genocide, you know, and I, and I and I told her, I said, you know, when when you talk about slavery and genocide, I said you automatically think about African Americans and Native Americans. Um, I said so, African Americans, uh, they definitely, um, they definitely suffered from uh, suffered slavery, um, and I don't know if be a little genocide or what. Because they used to um, hang them for anything, you know. I said, and Native Americans, I said, I don't know if they 
uh, were subject to very much slavery. I said, but they were subject to outright genocide. And she's like, no, 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 the uh, African-Americans uh, were subject to genocide too. And I'm like, no, there's a, they weren't, you know, there's a difference here. I said, yeah, like I just said, you know, they used to hang them for the slightest things, you know, uh, looking at a white woman, they'd hang them, uh, running away, stealing, whatever. I said, but there was never an order by the United States government to terminate or kill every African-American on this continent like there was Native Americans. I mean, that was their sole purpose at one time. And they came close to it. Uh, they really did. And I think it was, well, I know it was because we were ignorant to their ways. We didn't understand their technology, you know. Um, but now we do, you know. Now there's, I, I believe there's not a field of technology or vocational t training or anything that Native Americans cannot compete with straight across, straight across the board. Um, and I think that you and I are, are um, two examples of that too, you know. Um, and, I, and I think that Native American studies needs to focus more on stuff like that. You know what I mean? Of uh, Just get away from the 1930 movies, right? Silent movies uh, that Hollywood made about us. You know, it's like it's it's irrelevant. I mean, it's it might be necessary in the conversation we're having in class, but that's about the only place it's really necessary. I don't know if it's relevant there. Right? We didn't have a good time <laughs> with it. Right? I mean, we didn't we didn't enjoy it. Uh, there was one uh, <laughs> one situation where they're showing a movie. And like it's 1905 or something, and it's a flicker movie, you know, where they, and you hear the, you see the images going, and it's no sound, it's a little bit of text, and it's really, uh, it's, I mean, it's a 1905 movie, and it's about a Native American protecting his family against this, against this white cowboy that came in to hurt them. I don't even really know what it was. It was stupid, to be honest. And about 15, 20 minutes goes by after the movie, and they're still talking about it, the students. And I don't, know, I don't know what made me say this, and I just said it out loud. I said, are we still talking about that movie with no sound? Do we really have more to say than they did of their own movie? And, and a few of us started laughing, but I realized that wasn't funny to the teacher and, and the five or six people that were just really into it and just really telling a good story about it. And I spoke up a little bit. Students spoke a little bit. Uh, the teacher spoke up a little bit. And then the following week, I just told Sonny, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to get my A, and I'm just trying to do my work. And what a horrible feeling, you know. But it is what it is, and I'll pay you. And I'll pay you to do what you want me to do. And... The professor comes in and she gives this big speech about how important it is um, to talk about media and why. And for about a half hour, and then asked the students to raise their hands. Well, there's only two dual citizens in that class. We were outvoted. And I asked the teacher, should I, you know, am I supposed to, you know, respond to this? And she, well, well, if you want to, and I said, no, nah, I will, but I want to see, I want to use your board. Let me use your board. 
So I went up there and started talking about sovereignty and then Child Welfare Act, the things that I knew that the social workers are going to be working on. If this is a class for, for a lot of people becoming counselors, social workers, and teachers, they better learn about the Indian Child Welfare Act. Because that not only, it's not only just a law, you know, it's a, uh, there's the reasoning behind that law is what needs to be learned. And it just wasn't being taught. And it broke my heart because, like I said, this is curriculum from a Native American leader that, that actually is the professor of this. And I was so disappointed and I was so bummed. And uh, I was asking my daughter, is it different? Because she was going to Sonoma State as well, Sonny's niece. And I said, is it different in your classes? And she said, no. A matter of fact, the tribal leader, the professor, said some really false things about our roundhouse and almost insinuated as if it was taken from us and we don't know it, but we're trying. But you gotta remember, my daughter was raised in that roundhouse over in Elam, both of my daughters. And her whole experience is way different from the professor's. But when you have a professor saying these types of things in front of all these students, that's the stereotype that we lost our culture. He just said we lost our culture and not those words, but, but and, and just indirectly. But if you're Native American and you know your culture, you know the difference. But once again, you're the minority. You're the minority in the class. And that, I, that really, I really struggled with that a lot. I really struggled with that a lot. You know, um, I don't know, Sonny, I don't know. I, overall, I had a great experience, but, but you know, about 25% of it, I felt like I was just wasting a lot of my time. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. How'd you feel about it? Um, I felt frustrated at times. Uh, like I said, you know, it was like the, the mindset of the teachers is uh, way behind times or, yeah. or just way off track, you know. And, and like you mentioned earlier, you know, I, I think uh, teaching about all the different tribes uh, in this area and in the surrounding areas in California, Northern California, um, you know, if you were to, if, if the teacher were to ask them to name all the tribes they knew in Northern California, <clears throat> I doubt if they came up with three or four. What if we asked you know, a teacher, do you know the tribes in the counties that you're teaching? Do you think the teachers would have known? I do not think that. I mean, because they, they just think it's Pomo. That's it. Right. You know, um, just like uh, Apaches, you know, there's several bands of Apaches. Like right. Several bands of Pomos, you know. Right, they didn't. They, the teachers didn't even know the tribes we were from, uh -uh. so <laughs> they couldn't even. We they didn't even know what direction we were. Whether I was north and Hopland was south, it was really different. It was really different. But the people we got to hang out with, where well, they were pretty awesome, huh? The students. Yeah, we had some students that were older than Sunny, um, and we had some you know twenty year olds. We we had a good diverse group of people, fun people. That's what made it for me was the students. I had the greatest time with all of the students. You know what I noticed that um, right from the get-go, <clears throat> because we took what Native American studies, Native American cinema, um, multiculturalism, you know, we had four classes, all Native Americans from the same teacher. 
but it's like every time you or I would say something or raise our hands, the whole class would turn to hear us. You know what I mean? So we definitely had their attention in the class because they they like they looked to us. You know what I mean? Um, right. It was like, uh, oh, what do you guys think? What do you guys think? You know, and, and it is, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of uh, enlightening them on some uh, realities. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, no, it ain't really like this. You know, because there's some of them didn't even know, you know, probably didn't even think about it, you know, until they was in the right. class. So. No reason to, right? Yeah. Right. You know, and I remember telling them, you know, like, uh, that we were able to um, <clears throat> tell where another native was from just by their the way they talk. You know what I mean? Like uh, me and you could tell somebody if they was from the coast or if they was from Covalo. I said it's, it's the same way that um, out here that you guys would would be able to tell somebody from New York or from Texas just by your accent. Right. You know what I mean? I said we can tell that would in this community. You know, when, as soon as they start talking, oh, you're from Cobla, you know what I mean? I don't say that, but I I know that. <laughs> or you're from Lake County, you know what I mean? Or from Hoplin, or, you know what I mean? They all right. they all got their little accents that uh, that we recognize, you know what I mean? I don't think anybody else would recognize it. Yeah, I know, that's so funny. That's so funny. We we know how, we, we pretty much got that down, and it's like, uh, we use it as Indian humor as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great, it's a little... Yeah download thing we got going on we're not going to share that one though because that that might not go as well you know <laughs> <laughs> you know after we uh did our graduation and kind of moving forward what what do you what would you like to share with the future generations what would you like to tell them a little bit about your journey how you got there how you finished and what you expect of them well, the number one thing is uh, don't wait. Like I said earlier, don't wait. Just uh, and don't ever think you're too old. Mm. You know, um, it was really good yesterday at our our, um, <clears throat> our party. There was this elder that uh, came with his sister, and uh, afterwards, when they was everybody was leaving, he said, "You know what? I really am thinking about going back to school now." You know, and, and he's my age, and uh, it just made me feel good, you know, to to uh, have that, you know, and because you know we we see on the news, um, men and women getting their diplomas uh, 80, 90 years old sometime, you know, and so those are the ones that kind of make me feel like it's all right to do it, you know what I mean? I mean, I I did it, right, and so now I can, you know. Um, be that example to these youngsters, you know. Uh, I think my uh, my seriousness about education <clears throat> started like in junior high. I mean, as a junior in high school, mm. because uh, I actually had dropped out from Sherman when I was like fourteen or fifteen, and I was in Portland, Oregon, with my mother in nineteen seventy eight when they. Uh, organized the longest walk uh, when they walked from uh, Davis uh, DQ f to uh, Washington DC and um, 
Anyway, we got the flyers. My mom and they was all excited. Oh, yeah, we're going to walk, walk across the United States, you know. And I said, no, I'm not going to walk across the United States <laughs> for, for nobody else. And so she even went as far as, like, if, if there was somebody that had a chance to do this and they didn't do it, then they're not real Indians, you know. And I said, no, Mom, I'm not going to do it. Not. So what I did is I, I went back to school, went back to Sherman, and uh, graduated, you know. I graduated in 1982. Like I said, that's where I made my first mistake was you know, going back to the res for a minute. So all the, the natives that might be listening right now, especially the younger ones, just coming out of school, don't go back to the res for a minute. You know, um, like I said, you know, it, it'll be there. You know, I've spent my whole life down there, and, and ain't too much change. And I can't say I missed a, missed out on a whole lot, you know. Hmm. Um, so so that'd be the thing, you know, just to go and do your education and and go anywhere, you know. What I mean? Don't feel like you're you're limited because you're not, you know. You, you you got the opportunity to go anywhere, and do anything you want, anything. Yeah, and it, we have we have a, you know, we're we're fortunate to have such a good foundation. And we say reservation, and we, 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 don't, we don't mean it in a bad way. That's just our home. But we, all, we know what could happen if you're stagnant anywhere on this earth. If, all, if you're stagnant and you just cut, get caught in one spot, that's your reservation. That's, that's what we're saying. We're saying that don't become stagnant. Once you graduate high school, go. Go, go, go. Because when it's time to come home, You'll be able to bring back the knowledge and you'll be able to bring back, you know, your experience. You know, it's not just about college, but it's also experience. We need to learn the uh, business world, the non-Native American world that's, that's not culturally related. We need to learn that so when we come back, we can get our future generations ready. And I think it's so important for, for, uh, our communities to understand that education and culture, they run parallel, they're together. I was just say one little story real quick. A, uh, an older Native American said to me, just yesterday, Sonny, just yesterday at our party, he says, congratulations on your education. And then no more five seconds later, but education and culture do not mix. And he went on to say that. And I looked at him, and this is that newfound confidence that I was trying to explain. I said, I'm culture. I dance. I've danced in the roundhouse a few times. I've been raised through it, and I'm educated. How, do, how does education and culture not go together? Then he started talking about a housing authority housing this housing that and i said wait wait what does housing have to do with education and it's that type of thinking and i and it bothered me all night and the only thing i could think of was the person was cultural but did not have their education therefore they felt less than and that's not the point. It's not the point at all. Don't feel less than. Let's just do more. 
let's continue to promote more no matter what it is right we just got to keep yeah. going <clears throat> we got we got too many we got too many people dependent on us to downplay education or culture or culture because they go hand in hand and it goes back to what i was saying with the native american studies program at sonoma state i think the leadership does not understand that culture and education go hand in hand how else are you taught culture you're taught by your elders by our family we're taught our traditions they show us they lead by example and that's what Sonny's doing you know uh, I'm a fan of Sonny and Di Diane fan huge fan walking into that classroom and knowing that I was gonna be a part of his journey I was just trying to figure out how much of a story I could be for him I was trying to be a bigger piece in his puzzle because he was a huge piece of my puzzle I've seen him I've, uh, it's my daughter's uncle, so I've seen him grow up. I've, I was younger watching, I was paying attention. And now I'm paying attention to a father, a grandparent. Yeah. Getting educated, getting his degree. That's what I paid attention to. That's what I've seen. And that's what his sons and children and his grand, grandbabies are gonna see. And that's what I hope for me. And I hope that we have the opportunity to continue to uh, share our education and share our successes and be proud of them and not be embarrassed by them because others don't want us to be proud. See, we live in two worlds. We always talk about this, living in two worlds. We live in the Indian world and then we live in the white world and we have to succeed in both. It is what it is. Most don't have to succeed in both. Only Native Americans have to succeed in Indian country and in non-Indian country. But my brother Sonny here, he's not, he not only just did it, he's continuing to do it. And I'm so proud of you, brother. I love you so much. Thank you. Love you too. Um, you know, I think one of the most important things to know and realize is we all have the right to choose, um, to choose whatever path we want choose whatever we want to do and you know you, you got to give each other that respect and once you do that then you're not holding anybody back you know because once you start saying oh it ain't like that it ain't like this you know it's almost like telling them don't do that that's not the way to do it i mean i can understand it when it comes to um <clears throat> If, if if some kid's gonna do something and hurt themselves, not knowing just because they're inexperienced, then you gotta step in and stop them. You know what I mean? Don't don't go around that fire. You know stuff like that. But as adults, <clears throat> I think we should support each other in whatever choice our brothers or our sisters make. You know, especially our our, our adolescent. You know, and just let them, uh, or just keep reiterating the fact that you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want, you know, and, and whatever they choose to do, just uh, support them, support them on it, you know. Um, and when they ask you, you know, that's when you can explain things to them. But when, like with me and you, I mean, <clears throat> if you choose to do something, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna say no, Michael. That's, that's not right, you know what I mean? Because you, you know, right from wrong, and, and you know what you want to do with your life 
you know, so whatever you choose to do, I'm going to support you on it, you know. Um, I really appreciate the support that you're giving me because even though I don't know how much younger than me you are, but you were an inspiration, you know. Sometimes I just like, uh, didn't want to go to class, but, you know, I knew you were out there waiting for me, so I would go, you know, and uh, it was it was a good journey, Michael. Yeah. And uh, and I know we're we're on a different journey now. Uh, we've got the education under our belt, but there's so much work to be done yet. So much work for our people. Right. It's like, <clears throat> where do we start? I was on Facebook, and uh, I see so many of our Native Americans graduating. <clears throat> It's so amazing and it's so powerful. And like, there's so many, like, there's doctors, attorneys, and, and uh, just doing amazing things in Indian country. And I'm so just, gosh, it feels good to be, you know, part of that journey that they're all on just in the little way where we're doing it, you know? What do we do next, Sonny? What's our next journey? Let's think of that right now. What can we do next? I think just uh, keep reaching out to our young ones, uh, not only our young ones, but our, our brothers and sisters of our age, uh, and, and keep promoting education. <clears throat> um, I know like right now there's a, there's a big movement, um, the MMIW. Uh, I think this is mm. MMIW month, and there's a lot of events going on around the, around the state, around the country. Um, but we need to start something to recognize the men, the men that come up missing um, and murdered, you know, and and just keep uh, just keep promoting the the uh, the message that you know our people need to come together um, and educating the the system, you know what I mean? Right. It's like you said, you know the. the social service system, the judicial system, you know. The university system, just keep educating them on, on uh, hey, we're, we're here, we're not, we're not going nowhere. Right. Um, if, if you ain't got rid of us yet, then, you know, you ain't gonna, so. Right. And, 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 and just enjoy life, you know. Um, be happy. Yeah, I'm to the point where I, I kind of enjoy it every day. Every day I just want to slow down and just enjoy it, you know. And, uh, I remember one time I took my grandmother, um, Alice Elliott. Um, I took her to this uh, event over across from the high school. They had something going on there, right? Anyway, and I was like, Graham, hurry up, hurry up. Just, just get up there, you know? She's like, hurry up and get there and do what? And it just kind of like just stopped me, you know? And I'm like, okay, well, let's just enjoy it then. So I realized that today more than then that um, you just gotta enjoy like every moment, enjoy every moment and, and uh, love your people, love your elders, love your little ones, you know, cherish everything, everything. Pay attention to them. Yeah. They're watching you. They're watching They'll you. They'll grow up before you know it. Yep. Um, and they're gonna become you. Yeah. They're gonna become us. It's so important. Before we go today, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, my chief, I call him Chiefs, Ernie Stevens Jr., and he's the chairman of the National Indian Gaming Association. And I told him I always wanted to work for him, and he said, the first thing you have to do is get your degree. 
Well, Chief, I see you watching on Facebook. I'm gonna start working for you soon. And I'm so thankful to have you as one of my mentors. And I really appreciate you. And Indian Country appreciates you. And thank you for not only teaching me education and how important it is, but how to be a father. And lately, how to be a grandfather. And I watch you, I pay attention to you. I pay attention to all the leaders around here. I pay attention to the people that I look up to and I'm learning from you. Please continue to inspire me because so many people are watching and we're so appreciative towards all the work that Indian country is doing for our people today. All right, well, I want to thank both Sonny Elliott and Michael Hunter for this latest edition of Pomo Perspective. That was really inspiring, you guys. Thank you for telling your story. Thank you. No problem. Um, I'd just like to say that to everybody that knows me, because um, I have a nephew that's Sonny Elliott, who's our chairman. Yes. Um, so I'm actually Orville Elliott Jr. Uh, Sonny's my nickname, but he was named after me. So I'm the real Sonny. The real Sonny. <laughs> Will the real Sonny please stand up? Yeah. Please stand up. Thank you, Sonny. It's been a pleasure, brother. And our journey just started. We're just starting. We're yeah. about to do some big things. We don't know what they are yet, so you let us know what we should do. But we're excited. Okay. All right, this has been Pomo Perspective, and uh, Pomo Perspective comes to you every third Monday of the month at 9 a.m. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.